theyeshiva.net. It's a good question, actually. It's a very good question. Just remind us of yesterday, and after that, it was like no questions anymore. Really? Yeah. Nebach. <laughs> I was only the first year. I was a crime against you. A crime was done against you. He didn't know the answer. So exactly. So that's what he should have said. That's what he should have said. That's what he should have said. The problem is not that he said it. The problem is that you took it seriously. But you were a child. How are you supposed to know? What does it say? What's the lashem in araini b'skenaini? So you ask why it says twice. It It's a very good question, actually. It's a really good question. It's a redundancy. What was the joke? I don't hear the joke. Tell me what the joke for eight years was. I'm trying to figure it out. It's actually a very good question. First of all, even if a child asks a foolish question, it is incumbent upon any functional educator to give credence to it, just for the effort, just for the interest, just for the curiosity. Right? That itself. Your child asks you a question that, first of all, sometimes these questions are good, like why the sky is blue. Right? And people don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Or why the cement is gray, etc. Even then... Okay, that's a good question. But even if somebody asks a primitive question, a foolish question, you have to give them credence and dignity. Kol Shekein, your question was actually a very good question. It says Nelech twice and it's redundant. So he could have said, that's a wonderful question, I don't know the answer, and let me research it. And he could have sent me an email. <laughs> but uh, that was, a, that was a, a, a sin committed against you. Wow. A that's sin painful. was committed against I you. Think that's painful. Well, you it's first of all, it's an excellent question. Uh, how old were you? So you never ever asked a question again, right? The hest? Third grade, yeah. Which question did you ask? A very good question. It's actually a good question. So I get the kasha. Took me till boy to ask the question. To take the courage. <laughs> Did you tell your father what happened when you came home? Of course not. He would have slapped you for asking the question. Wait till he grow up. Oh, hey, we need to talk about this now. Of course, every day you have to talk about it. <laughs> till you cleanse it. Till you cleanse your system, you have to talk about it. Very important to talk about it. That's why whenever I say that you have to use your mind, he looks at me like I'm a heretic. Right? It's contrary to the whole Yiddishkeit you grew up with. And it's exact, the truth is the exact opposite. The essence of Judaism thrives on intellectual creativity, on maximizing your your kaychas, your kishreinus, your mind and your heart. Judaism sees it as a great crime not to use your mind to the fullest.
to, to flex its muscles, to work it out. That was Paris Kochman, not to let the Jews out to think. He didn't let them even go for three days because he knew they were going to start thinking. <laughs> <laughs> keep them, keep, keep them, them working. working. Keep them working. Havanas Chachmalai. You ask the first Yom Tov, Pesach, what's the definition of Pesach? You have to ask questions. We got it to live in. And we were told the opposite. If you have questions, wait for Pesach, and that only, you have only four. Farkin. This is Mamish. Four minimum. <coughs> Even a kid who asks nothing, at least he should ask four questions. I'm talking about the facts. This is the facts. very sad. Mind control. One of the old Greek Really? Okay, listen, when a Judaism is based on insecurity, that's the response. Because questions might undermine everything, so therefore the way of dealing with questions is crushing them. Screaming at the person who asks. Of course. But there are questions that have answers. And even questions that don't have answers, that itself could be explained. Why they have no answers. You understand what I'm saying? A person can understand why certain questions have no answers. That itself is an explanation. That itself is perspective. Knowing what I don't know and knowing why I don't know is also knowledge. And therefore knowing what I know doesn't have to be taken away from me. You've arrived. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning, Nuchem. Slowly, I'm learning the culture. Progress, not perfection. There was a Jewish Nobel Prize winner. His name was Isidore Rabi. Isidore Rabi. He was a brilliant man. You know who Isidore Rabi was? You're going to start Googling him, yeah? Yeah. You already Googled him? <laughs> He was very big, so he once said, how did I reach this point, this place? He said, it's because my, my Yiddish mama, my mother, every day as a child, he grew up in America in the early 40s or 30s, I came home. Came home. My mother never asked me, like most parents, what did you learn today? Or did you learn today? She asked Isidore, I only want to know one thing. Did you ask a good question today? That's all she cared for. So he said, she taught me the main thing is to ask the question. Never just to say, okay, this is how it is. All invention, all invention comes from people saying, it's not the way it is. There's more, there's more. Let me, let me challenge, let me find out. If Avram Avinu would have not asked questions, would there be a concept of Judaism or the Jewish people today? There's no question for what you, you understand what I'm saying? Nibarael is a question. If Avram Avinu would have come home and Terach would say, okay, dinner, but before dinner, Megaitzah the Gatchkes, Megaitzah Bikinzah the Gatchkes, and everybody would go down to the Gatchkes, and Avram would say, what are you doing, Ta? Paisach Bamsaid against the flag of the Kashas. Okay, Paisach Bamsaid. Navram would say, okay. And Terech would put him another few words. Kabbalah soil. And then Terech would say, Kabbalah Savich, you have to respect your father. And then Terech would say, Apikursus. Apikursus. 
Where would we be today? We would be worshipping idols. We would all be prostrating themselves, ourselves to Getschkes. Thank God Avram Avinu didn't grow up in your yeshiva. Thank God. Avram Avinu asked questions. He said, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. This is absurd. He smashed idols. A question means you want to smash idols. You don't, you don't ask questions in order to ask questions. You ask questions in order to discover truth. We don't believe in idols. So in the, the, the essence of Judaism is we don't believe in idols. We smash idols. We challenge every idol. That itself became an idol. That itself became an idol. No, you have sometimes a, a situation where a person asks questions just to ask. Just to be cynical. Just to be aftzalachas. They're not interested in knowing. That I understand. That's just cynicism. You just want to, you'll never be satisfied. You don't want an answer. You don't want an answer. The Meshachachma says that, uh, it says, So they have the four psukim for the four children. It says, how do they know which one is which? Yeah. It says, How do they know? It says, That's the Ben Rasha. How do they know? It says, Because it says, Not Your child is not asking. Your child is saying. <laughs> His question is not a question. His question is an answer. His question is a statement. He's not looking for a question. He's not looking to know. His question is really an answer. He's trying to justify behavior. So any answer will come up with a new question. He already has a hanacha. Now, we're not talking about that. And even then you have to be able to address the person. You just have to address them in a deeper way. You have to address their pain, their cynicism. You have to be able to address people. The, 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 the challenge is not just that people don't answer questions. They don't address people. You have to speak to people. You have to know what's bothering them and address them. But for this, you have to have a Judaism that is based on confidence and security. If you're insecure with your Judaism, anybody who shakes the boat a little bit, you're afraid it's going to sink. So you have to throw them into the water because they're shaking the boat, right? But if you have a powerful boat, it's fine, it's fine. If you have answers, you're never afraid of questions. If you don't have answers, you're afraid of the slightest question. And if you're not afraid to say, I don't know, if you're not afraid to say, I have to research, and it's fine. What's up, Stu? Yeah. Yeah. But your question was a very good question when you were eight. Very good question. This was the flag in Pesach from side, didn't I? The Teretz, I don't know, but it's a good question. Why it says twice Neilach? Huh? It's very disturbing that for eight, says for eight years this was the joke of the class, this question. And it's a very good question. You have in Gemara these questions all the time. So many Lamudim of Gemara come from an extra word in a Pasuk. Why is it repeated twice? 
Why is it repeated? A lot, a lot of Limudim come from this. To make fun of this question is making fun of half of Taita Shabbat. In good company. You should just know that. He made fun of you and your question. Half of the Gemara he could make fun of, according to his brilliant Shitta. Half of the Gemara he could make fun of. The Gemara is Medayik if there's an extra letter. There's an extra Vav. If there's an extra Vav, it's already a source of Limudim. An extra word. Thousands of Limudim and Allah come from these things. The famous Gemara in Shimon Sunni, every S he darshans. Bereshit's bottle of Kim Esa Shamayim. Esa, it's a Kurus of Bereshit's bottle of Kim Hashamayim Vaharitz. Kabid Esavich, Esayim, Kurus of Kabid Avichavimach, every S. Now, if you would have asked that, why it says S, they would have laughed for 16 years, yeah? Nelech, they laughed for 8 years. This, they would have laughed for 16 years. It's not just 8 years, 8 years was supposed to build your brain. The eight most important years of life. That's why he says he doesn't. Ne- he never asked a question again in his life. And yesterday, when I said that you're supposed to use your mind, uh, he thought, I'm, uh, "This is how. This is the Muslim religion." Actually, over there, you don't use your mind, Tuck. <laughs> Lenny, why are you so quiet about this conversation? I'm, I'm gonna, I want to find an answer. He's Googling Robbie. Oh, I'll find an answer. I'll look. I'll find an answer. Just look in the Mepharshim. Somebody asks a question. Yeah. I can guarantee you somebody asks a question. Yeah. Okay, 155, yeah, Pinchas. Questions are a tremendous opportunity to educate. When a child asks a question, not only should you not run from it, you should fully embrace it, because that's the conversation that he began. Remember, the greatest way of communicating to somebody is not when you're preaching to them, is when they want to know. If I call in my son, I say, I want to give you a mus, I want to give you a drasha. Okay, here you, Tati goes again. But if he's asking me a question, he came to me. You could use that moment. This is the most precious moments of education when your child asks a question. You understand what I'm saying? When you come and talk to your child, you're speaking. He's interested, he's not interested. Probably he's not interested. When he asks a question, he came to you. So that's the moment you should see, stop everything. Stop everything, get your mind together, and think how to use this opportunity to give him something valuable for his life. Most people do the exact opposite. Oh, leave me alone with your questions. Shaita, this is the greatest moment of Chinuch. Not when you want to speak. That you could get rid of. He came for a question, and you could turn it, you could use it, you could use it in a very meaningful way. Whatever the question is. Tati, why are you uh, leaving the house again? Tati, where are you going? Why do you go to shul? Why are you going here? What are you doing? 
Why is the sky blue? Right? Why do we always eat this? Why do we sit here? Why do we do this? Whatever. Or in Yiddish. No difference to language. These are the moments. These are the moments of Chinuch. In the car you're driving, he asks a question right on the way to school, on the way to camp, on the way to the store, on the way to Slurpees. He asks a question. These are the moments. Stop. Shut the radio. Shut the Rabbi YY, whatever you're listening to. All the holy things that you're listening to. Michael Savage, v'chuli v'chuli. Shut it and, and respond. Get off the phone. Get off the phone. But when you're driving your children to school, you shouldn't be on the phone. We spend so little time with our kids. These are very precious times. You have 10 minutes in the car, 12 minutes in the car, 15 minutes in the car. Don't answer phone calls. You'll answer afterwards. You're going to be in the office the whole day answering calls. When you're in the, children, when you're in the car with the children, you don't answer calls. You speak to them. You tell a story. You speak about an experience. You take questions from them. You have a nice conversation. You speak about something interesting, something nice, something pleasant. It's a very precious time. The way there and the way back, people make a mistake. They're on the phone a whole time. The kid comes from school. Before saying hi, you're already answering a phone call. People don't realize that a lot of children of this generation suffer terribly because there was nobody present in their lives emotionally. They suffer terribly from it. A lot of problems afterwards. They marry the wrong people. They don't believe in themselves. They make wrong decisions. They... They, it's just very challenging. You have to be available emotionally for your children in a very, very real way. These are Yisaitis of Yiddishkeit. These are the Yisaitis of Yiddishkeit. The greatest present is to be present. The greatest present is to be present. Very nice. I thought you only do it in Hebrew. I see. In English, in English, the manipulatius. Huh? <laughs> But when a child asks a question, you have to jump on it. It's it's uh, it's booty. It's 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 very it's special booty. This it's it's a moida de kazakh. Your child asks a question. Stop and uh, huh? When people drive their kids to school or from school and they're on the phone, it's a very wrong thing. They're making a big mistake. And also when they come home, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and they're on the phone for the next two hours. You come home, you come home from work, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, you take the phone, you put it on off, and you put it in a drawer. You have to check messages, go back 10.15, after they go to sleep, and check your messages. From 6 till 8, 9, you're by supper, you're with the kids, you should not have a phone on you, not a vibrate, and not uh, airplane mode. This is a this is a very it's a very very big mistake that parents make. It's, it's the wrong thing to do. Children need parents. They need your heart. They need your presence. They need your undivided attention. And the fact is, when we have a phone, most people every sixty seconds or every three minutes look at it. And if it vibrates, you for sure look at it. I heard the expression. When the Verstein is a klal. I once heard this from the Lubavitcher Rebbe himself. He said about himself, he said, whenever I asked a question and the Malamed did not have an answer, he didn't know what to answer, he would tell me, when the Verstein is a klal. So he once said, Heim bin ich alto, nech verstehen, nech 
of Seyna Chaltzner. But he said whenever the teacher didn't have an answer, he would say, Wenn du wirst älter werden, wirst du verstehen. Right? Which meant basically, leave me alone, because I have nothing to tell you. Come back in 20 years. Come back in 20 years, and then you won't want to talk to me anyway. So, <laughs> so long, right? I don't know is better. Huh? Saying I don't know is better. It's honest. It's honest. Russia the way the way you phrased your question was already wrong. It's not better. It's honest. It's a good question. I don't know the answer. Let me ask somebody. Maybe we'll go together and ask somebody. You know what it would do for a child if the teacher goes with him to somebody that he respects, the teacher, and says he asked a Shaila. I don't know the answer. You know what that would do for the kid? He wouldn't be here. What would it do for? He wouldn't have to be. He wouldn't be. Here. <laughs> You know what that would do to him? Instead of making Litzonas from him for eight years for asking a good question, right? If he would have taken him, because he didn't know the answer, to our Rav, to our Daya, you'd look it up, research, so Zain Google, whoever. So Zain Rabbeinu Google. But uh, say he asked a good, first of all, for the self esteem of the child. He asked a good question. They're coming to a Chashavayid and asking him. Even if that guy also doesn't know the answer. That itself, wow. My teacher doesn't know. He doesn't know. That means I'm pretty good. I ask such good questions that all these people don't know. You know what that does to a child? It means he can understand. He can ask questions. Just that itself. But the main thing is when you say, I don't know, you're saying the truth. (laughs) Saying the truth to a child is more precious than everything in the world. There's nothing like the chinuch of saying the truth. People don't realize that the definition of Judaism is truth. Speaking truth to your children, that, is, that means educating them with Judaism. Speaking anything but truth is educating with that which is opposite of Judaism. When you speak about Judaism falsely, it's the worst chinuch in the world. Because you're taking truth and you're completely manipulating and distorting it. The worst chinuch in the world. You understand my answer? I don't know. It's a gewaldic of art. How many times does Rashi say, Eini yodeya mamelamdeinu? Yeah? Eim Yaakov Eisav. Eini yodeya. Rashi yotzachnish geshemt. Rashi wasn't afraid we're going to learn Rashi. Rashi says, Eini yodeya mamelamdeinu. Rashi nebach. Why are we learning Rashi? Ekenisht. Somehow Rashi didn't lose his respect among Klal Yisrael because he says many times, any idea? It says in Parshas told us at the end that Rivka was the mother of Yaakov and Esau. Frek Rashi, we already know. So if you would have asked that question, what would have he said? Agelechte. <laughs> Rashi says it. He says, any idea? Nobody lost respect for Rashi. People have more respect for Rashi. So why are people afraid of saying, I don't know, that I don't know? I don't know. Why are they afraid of saying, I don't know? In 1969, they went to the moon. Yeah, Apollo 11, July 69, August 69. Armstrong and, and the Chevna. There was a boy. The boy came, started to come to some shiurim here. Some other shiurim, he comes from a certain community in Brooklyn. And he was nine years old. In 1969, he was nine years old. He was born in 1960 or 61. When he heard they went to the moon, he asked his teacher a question in Cheder. It says in Kiddush Levana 
כשם שאני רויקת כנגדך, ואיני יוכל לנגויה בך, כך לא יכלי כל אויבי לנגויה בלרוע. I dance in front of you and I can't touch you. Nobody should be able to touch me negatively. So he said, how can the Chazal make this Nusach, Eini Yachil in Goyabach, when three people not only touched the moon, they stepped on the moon, they implanted an American flag in the moon, they brought back uh, rocks from the moon, so we can all touch the moon. <laughs> right? Let's say, what's what's shot with pictures and vid- everything. So the teacher responded, I kid you not. This was a conspiracy of the Goyim. They never went on the moon. This is a lie. It's a fabrication. <coughs> he said there were two groups that were responsible for it, the Goyim and one more group. And uh, they are the ones who did it. And it's a lie. It never happened. You can't touch the moon. Now he was a nine-year-old kid. He looked at the teacher. Without even asking another question, he knew that the teacher is lying out of his teeth. He himself doesn't believe it. He just has to sell the shitta. He told me at that point, he mentally made a decision, not even consciously, it was just like an inner decision, that there's nothing that comes out of the mouths of a teacher in this school that you could believe. Nothing. If they could take such a story, and blatantly, certain things you don't have a chutzpah to do. I gave you a loan of $50,000, you don't have a chutzpah to look me in the eyes and say, So the darshan the, amass, the, the, you see that people do do it. The Gemara gives one condition. If you're not a mensch, you could do anything. The Gemara says, Something that's going to be exposed tomorrow, you don't lie about it. I people lie about it. Again, that they went on the moon. What's likes do? The answer is, that your whole Judaism is not based on Emmas. You don't even think about Emmas. It's all based on just propagating... A culture you don't think, you're not real, you're not an authentic person, you're not a serious person. You don't care for truth. How do you lie to a nine-year-old kid about that? Why don't you just say, it's an interesting question, I don't know. For 40 years, this man did not believe diddly squat in Judaism. Did I just make up a word? No, it's no, uh, such an expression. Michael Savage did not believe anything. He wore Shmoyin Abgadim. Shabbos, a beautiful Shreimo. Mata lichtike, glansendike, prechtike, shinendike, bekisha. Mata shayna avnet, kishir from the avnet from the coin gadol. Mata choyshe, mata tzitz, mata neifet, alts. Yeah? Shook by davening, raised a beautiful, raised and raised a beautiful family in a particular neighborhood. Internally, a completely secular Jew. Believed in nothing. Why? Because of that event. So now I ask you a question: What does this mean? This is how you educate children. Talk to the child. If you don't know, say you don't know. 
it happens to be a few miles from that place in a neighborhood called Crown Heights. The Lubavitch Rebbe had a fabreng in that Shabbos. And he said, he wants to speak about the landing of the moon. He spoke different aspects of it. One about how you build a spaceship, Alpinister, what it means. And one about a lot of things, about halacha, different in Yanim. And then he said, and one of the questions that people are asking now is from Kiddush Levana. He brought up the question. And he said, of course, that the Teretz is not a complicated Teretz. You have to read the sentence. Keshem shani roiket kenegdech ve'eni yochel en goyabach. Right now, when I'm saying Kiddush Levona, and I'm dancing against you, I can't touch you. Because it's not saying that there's no possibility in science for a person to be able to touch the moon. Right now, when you're standing outside of Shul, saying Kiddush Levona, that's when they said Kiddush Levona. They weren't Masaka Kiddush Levona on the spaceship. I can't touch you right now. When you hear that, you hear a question, you hear an answer. You can ask another question, fine. What are you? What is a person saying things he doesn't believe? He thinks it's not going to backfire? Because the whole Judaism by him is not based on Amos. So they work so hard to sell it, what's the point? So you want to know why they work so hard to sell something they don't believe in? Yeah, it's a lot of work to I don't know that he doesn't believe in it. I think he does believe in it, and he's probably afraid of Gehenim, and he want, probably wants Ganadin. I just think it's not thought through. It's not real. It's not authentic. I think he just knows that his job is to give it over and give it over. Either kid is asking a question, and you don't have an answer, so lie to him. Ah, you know it's a lie, and it says, Medvar Shekhetirchuk. Clinking and a big deal. I lie. What's the big deal? I lie about this. I'll... The main thing is you should be a flimmingle. And with that moment, you took away from him his whole Yiddish guy. Uh, the next level is the, the main thing is the neighbors should see that you're a uh, Let's give people the benefit of the doubt. It's always good to give benefit of the people of the doubt, even with your community. <laughs> give people the benefit of the doubt. Trust lie. me. I think that's what they, they believe. Yeah. And that could be believes. I'm not saying he doesn't. He believes. I'm sure he's a, could be. He's even a fine. I'm sure he's a fine man too. In his mind, you're allowed to lie for Kiddush Hashem. <laughs> it's going to be a chilul Hashem. This kid is going to think Kiddush Levon is false. I have to be mekadesh Hashem Shemayim. No, I'll make a lie for Kiddush Hashem. I lie. If his Yiddishkeit was an ois it was it was a worked out person. He would understand the Yisoydus of Chinuch, how to speak to people. I don't think he would answer that way. But it's like robotic. It's a superficial emes. How do you deal with such a person? How do you deal with the child? No. With the teacher? The teacher, <laughs> the teacher was so desperately searching for God that after 40 years... He ended up at some of uh, the other side of Bedford Avenue. At some of these shiurim, and a whole new world opened to him. Teacher. T- that teacher already? No, not. I'm oh, not the oh, the teacher. I don't know. I mean, the student. So the person that, that, that's just just lies blankly and shut. How do you? Will you, will you hustle him? Or what do you deal with him? What's the? We don't hustle anybody. We try to. Uh, so you, we the, try to help everybody discover right, so their true light. How do you deal with them? 
I don't know. He never came to me. This is the truth. He probably felt he did the right. He thinks probably he's getting Canadian for that. There's a lot of people like that. that I mean, I, that most I specifically know plenty of people. Right. So, so what? You, so, if they, if the, the, what do you? What's the? Is there a bridge? There's always a bridge. So what's the bridge? <coughs> the bridge is always MS. The bridge is always MS. Everybody, almost everybody, ultimately has their heritage for truth. Not everybody, but almost everybody. They melt a little bit for truth. Even if not today, tomorrow, you plant seeds of truth in people's minds, and it blossoms. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes two years. Remember, everyone has a soul. Every soul is a chelak alakamimal. Every Jew is 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 a shtick emes. And we're all connected. But we sometimes need to bring it out in ourselves. And the more you bring it out in yourself, the more you can bring it out in other people. It never starts with helping somebody else. What do they say on the airplane? First put on your own uh, mask. It never starts with saving other souls. That's what Christians do. They save other souls. Right? Missionaries. You don't save other souls. You live with your soul, and that inspires other souls. It's like when there's a fire burning, so all the sparks are attracted to the fire. A yid is fire. When his fire burns, so all the little flames come to life. When they see a fire, they all come out and they get absorbed in the big fire. So the job is to create such fires, such pockets of passion, of, of, of inspiration, and then all the little fires come out. You see the fire in this room. You see all the fires. You see the fire. That... <laughs> anyway, so this was a very special moment. He was eight years old, and he asked a question. How many years later is this? You could say your age. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> what are you? Twenty-four? Huh? More than thirty. It's more than thirty years. More than thirty years later, we revisited the question. Ah. It's a good question. It's a good question. So now you can start asking again. Start asking again. Make believe you're eight years old and ask the same questions. By the way, the questions of eight-year-olds are the best questions. Once people hit a certain age already, uh, eight-year-olds ask real questions because they're fresh. They ask real questions. They take nothing for granted. They weren't fed the Kool-Aid yet. They didn't drink the Kool-Aid yet. So they ask real questions. They ask open questions. Questions of children are brilliant. You know that. They're the best questions there are. But you have to listen to them. We don't listen to them. We're like, ah, schweig, schweig. Pesach zum Seidner. Pesach zum Leave me alone. Take an ISIS. Take an ISIS. We'll go. We'll get a Slurpee tomorrow. We don't listen to children's questions. Children have amazing, amazing questions about everything. Listen to their questions about Hashem, about Yiddishkeit, about yourself. They'll ask you why you do certain things. Stop and think. Good question. But we can get away with it. We can get away by dismissing them. By saying, stop bothering me. It's none of your business. Because Azoya Tati Gezukt. Azoya Tati Gezukt. Gefeltenish? Gai Kreuzer Chamaya Tata. 
Guy kovs a chanaya tata. Guy in underheim. Guy to get fell dinner shmine. Don't eat dinner today. Chodin shmachin kibba mitzvah. I won't make you a mitzvah. You'll see. Because kibbin be a tatas tatas. We can get an apartment zender levona. What do they say to you? Zender levona. Zender shteder. Further away. Was machin kiddush levona after levona. So when your child asks a question, it's very important to listen. Sometimes there's no answer. Sometimes you have to say, because this is what Tati said. But it should come from a place of strength, not weakness. From a place of caring, from a place of presence. Not from a place of annoyance, of detachment. That's what Tati said. That's not an answer for everything. Once in a while it's an answer. And it has, it's an an- that has to be an answer, not an excuse. It's an answer. Because it's important for the child to know that what father said is significant. But that itself is an answer. That itself is a chinuch. It doesn't come out of anger and, and, and looseness and, and nekama and, and frustration. Another strong line was, I'll declare this very And I'll declare this very cautious. So you could take the whole Gemara, you could take the whole Gemara. How many questions are there on every Amad in Gemara? I wonder what this man would tell all these Amirayim. <laughs> Abaye tells it over, if you sleep on Sukkot, Shemini Atzeres, you should get Malkus. He should have said, Anapikoy, that's very cautious, right? Amachaya. I don't know why we need Talmud Bavli. It takes seven years to finish Talmud Bavli. I could have finished much more. The first question, Masech the Brachas, yeah? The first question, we should have said, Anapikoy, that's very cautious. And we would have been done Shas within a day. I don't know why we need seven years if we don't ask questions. <laughs> Depends what type of questions, depends who's asking, why he's asking, what he's asking. What questions are courses? It's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my life. Questions are courses. Where's the coming from this question? It's not new. He wants to know. He wants to. What else did you hear as an eight year old? Let's hear everything you heard. Tell us everything you heard as an eight year old. Every day new things come out over here in this year. If you won't listen, you'll grow up What's wrong with being uh, that? The guy supports his family, doesn't steal, pays taxes, he's an honest person. What's what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Oyid came to me, a younger man, Baruch Hashem, he has nine kids, and he doesn't have bread on his table. So he asked an Eitzah what to do. So uh, I asked him, do you mind if I say a positive thing? He says, what? I said, did you think about getting a job, maybe? Saparnosa? He says, I can't. I say, why? He says, you know who my father is, you know who my Zayda was, you know who my Elta Zayda was, with my Yichis... I can't get a regular job. I have to be only in Klei Kodesh, Aruv, Adayin, or Shashiva. And none, I couldn't, and it worked. I was in a yeshiva, but they threw me out, so I don't have such a job. I can't get it. So I said, so maybe Hashem is telling you that you have to be Mekayim, the mitzvah sase, sheish, yisamim, tavoid. So mitzvah sase, sheish, yisamim, tizra, He says, for my yich is pasnished. I can't do it. It's going to be a shame to the family. So that his children don't have parnasa, his wife doesn't have parnasa, he doesn't have parnasa, and he's in a depressed mood. That works for the family. That's perfect, but that's not a shame to the family. To get a job, 
with, 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 with this, this is, what type of Judaism is this? What, how are people thinking? How are they being trained? A person is a garbage truck driver and he supports his family. It's a wonderful job. I don't know why uh, it's a wonderful job. I think it's much better than somebody who steals. Steals, takes loans and doesn't pay back. Backstabs, lies. Every program he's on is a lie. Steals money from people you're not allowed to steal money from. That's suddenly Halik. Why is that Halik? Somebody who has an innocent job from 9 to 5 or from 6 to, to 7, right, and works hard and pays his bills and supports his family, that's the Nish Halik. I think it's much more Halik. I don't know why we create a culture of dishonesty and we make that holy and people who work hard in jobs that we don't like or some of us don't respect. So that, I'm sorry. I'm getting worse by the minute, right? Okay. I should quit while I'm ahead. I'm saying to you the truth. I told this guy, I don't understand you. You created a new Judaism for yourself. The Tanoim all had jobs. And you're not allowed to have a job because you decided you're a miyuchas. Tanoim had jobs. You're reading about every one of them. And you decided that for yich, for for you should have to have a job to be a living example to other people. So he's not going to have a normal job. It's a pastanist. This whole idea that you have to be embarrassed with going to work and supporting your family as an honest person is such a distortion of Judaism. It has no source, not in Chumash, not in Tanakh, not in Bavli, Yerushalmi, Yerushayinim, Achroinim, Turin, Shulchan It's a whole new culture that was created, especially in Israel, that if you go out of the base Medrash and you support your family because you have Baruch Hashem 11 kids and they need food, it's a busha. I, I don't understand this. And to sit on a bench, and some people waste their time, they sit on a bench a whole day and check their phones every two minutes, and they do it for 20 years, that's not a busha. But even if somebody's taka sitting and learning, there comes a time that he has to make parnasa. What's why is it a crime? Any other questions or comments on this wonderful morning? In this year, you can ask whatever you want. You see, I have one privilege that somehow a lot of teachers don't feel they have. I have the best answer in the world. It's called I don't know. It works wonders. It works magic. There's no pressure. When you know how you say, when you, you could say, I don't know, you have no pressure. <laughs> you don't have to answer. <laughs> I don't think this concept of saying that you, if you ask, you have to clear or any of those, it's just a new concept. It's been around for... I didn't grow up with it, but could be a lot of people. I didn't grow up that way, personally. I hear, I hear. There's no Makar anywhere. Show me where it says. It says just opposite. Fuck care. I'm I didn't grow up like that. Rabbi, he's asking a great question. No, you're asking a very good question. No, it's not. Either they were not educated, they didn't know the system that became the. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a good answer. I had a Rebbe who would always say that the mind is one of the most precious gifts that God gave humanity. 
and somebody who doesn't utilize their mind to the fullest, that is one of the great tragedies of life. When a person has a mind and doesn't utilize it to the fullest. I also learned from him that Judaism is true and therefore it never has to be afraid of any questions. And there's nothing in the world of science that will really contradict Judaism because if something is true, nothing will contradict it. And therefore you never have to be afraid. That's how I grew up. I also grew up with the notion that um, Hashem wants people to serve Him with their full personality, with all their kaychas, with all their chushim, with all their talents, with all their creativity. They shouldn't feel that they have to cut down half of their personality and mutilate themselves emotionally to become Oivdei Hashem Fakert. To be there with their whole their whole self, their whole existence. So some of these messages some of these messages that you convey are surprising to me. But I'm learning that they're very prevalent. I didn't know how prevalent they were. Huh? Yeah. yeah, one of the expressions, the is that. We took it as our look. Okay. So, the Gans Gemara is today, Fe Buzzer. There's the Gans Gemara today, Fe Buzzer. Elamai, you're going to say, uh, depends which Shaila. That's my point. <laughs> Everybody has to say that at the end of the day, right? So, it happens to be that the Shaila that he has no answer on becomes today. <laughs> Everyone is moited that some Shailas are not today because the whole Gemara is based on Shailas. So it depends which Shaila. So why is it that Punta Shaila that he doesn't have an answer for after came to this? Fine. Not everything has an answer. That's also fine. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at triple w dot the yeshiva dot net slash donate